your wedding questions answered in this all new episode of the Wedding Planning Podcast. Hey there, it's Kara, and I'm bringing you an all new way to plan the wedding celebration of your dreams. Let's be real, weddings have changed. Shouldn't your wedding planner? To learn more about the all new way to plan your dream wedding, visit wedpodcast.com. You'll enjoy a free three-day trial, no promo code required, and I can't wait to see you there. That website again is wedpodcast.com. Ready to get started? Why, hello there, and thank you as always for joining me this week to talk about all things wedding. I hope you're having a great week, and I'm really excited to dive into these great questions with you. Today's episode is a collection of questions and situations that were submitted by members of my digital wedding planning package. And these special members enjoy the priceless benefit of submitting their questions 24-7 for feature on these monthly Q&A shows. We also do a weekly bonus off-the-record chat together where we can connect and go deeper into the topics that we touch on here. This week's featured off-the-record bonus show is available when you sign up for a free three-day trial of that digital wedding planning package. So if you're at all curious about my all-new way to plan your dream wedding, I certainly hope you'll join us at wedpodcast.com slash vault. And now let's get into these wonderful questions. The first one having to do with the processional. Can you talk a little bit about the processional? What order people walk down? Who should walk with who? We both have blended families and we're a little stuck on how this should be set up. This is a great question. We talked about your wedding ceremony just a few weeks back, but we didn't go into a ton of detail on the actual processional, which if broken down and dissected across family situations and different religions and different setups, we could probably spend an entire episode talking all about it. In the interest of time, I am going to condense that conversation a little bit. And to start with, I will say that as with most every single wedding element we touch on, you can go a very traditional route that I'll outline quickly in just a moment, or you can make up your own rules about the processional according to what works best for you and your situation. Or of course, option number three, is you could do a blend of the two. You can use some tradition and then make some modifications, which I think is probably where most of us land. So what I'm going to do quickly here is run down a list of people who may be included in the processional. Again, that's where everyone's walking down the aisle at the very start of the ceremony. I'm also going to link to a much more detailed article that outlines Christian wedding ceremony processional order, Jewish wedding ceremony processional order, civil ceremony processional order, military ceremony processional order, and on and on and on. Because again, I don't have the time to go into all the details today. But a very quick overview of people who may be included here the groom's parents, 
Lots of couples want to include grandparents, the mother of the bride, your officiant, the person who's doing the ceremony itself, the groom, the best man, bridesmaids and or groomsmen, or any variation of those terms, your maid or matron of honor, ring bearers and flower girls, the bride, of course, and the father of the bride would traditionally escort her down the aisle. Although again, as with everything I've mentioned, that can be modified. So if you're wringing your hands and you're just feeling really hung up on what you're supposed to do here, what you should do, we talked all about that in a full episode last week, uh, do not worry. Take a deep breath. You have certainly have my blessing to do whatever fits your situation the best. So if you don't want to have ring bears and flower girls, scratch them off the program. If you want to have your matron of honor walk down the aisle with your father and then you want to walk down by yourself, great. I don't want you to worry about people judging what you decide to do. I don't want that to even be a thought in your mind. So do away with it all together. Again, my guess would be that most of us are going to land somewhere in between full-blown like hardcore traditional and winging it. So use your best judgment. Again, I'll link to that article in today's show notes. When you have a hands-free moment, you can go through and look at all the details and then make those modifications so that it suits your specific situation. And then moving into our next topic and our next question, we're going to talk about invitations. I'm trying to save as much money as possible. So we're purchasing a pre-made digital invitation design on Etsy. Do you have any suggestions on the best way to have them printed out? On the surface, this may seem like a very straightforward and very simple question, but my friend, there is a lot to dive in, into here, excuse me. There is a myth out there in the wedding planning world that doing things yourself is always the best way to save money. I have an entire show for you coming up in two weeks, and we're going to talk about venue photography, alterations, and a wedding coordinator. And we're going to talk about how trying to save money on these things, and let's add invitations in there too, trying to save money is not always the best route, the best approach. It could end up costing you more money in the long run. I digress. Back to invitations but keep in the back of your mind that this is a little sneak peek at that show that's coming up in a couple of weeks. But with invitations, let's just get warmed up by talking about trying to save money on your invitations. This is a perfect example of a very sneaky concept and a very frequent perception that doing things yourself is always the best way to save money. Okay, so I am going to answer the question, any suggestions on the best way to have digital pre-purchased download print printed out so that we can send out our, our invitations? Yes, I have two recommendations and I will link to them in the show notes so that you can take a closer look and plug in your design 
choose your options and get a really detailed estimate on what this is going to cost. So the first website I would direct you to is vistaprint.com. And the second option that you can check out, officedepot.com. Now on the surface, it appears that these two websites have prices starting around $1 to print an invitation style card. Now we go deeper and I will share with you that on Vistaprint, after you upload your design, you have to pay extra for envelopes and you print a hundred cards, a hundred invitations on Vistaprint that totals $212. Okay, there's another $12 for shipping. So now we're at $224. And then I'm going to add here as well, you purchase the downloadable design on Etsy. I'm just going to say that that costs 20 bucks. Some are less, some are more. Let's go with $20. So $212 for the cards and the envelopes, $12 for shipping, $20 for the design. We are at $244 for those quote, do-it-yourself invitations. Bear with me because I have a really good point to share. I promise I'm getting there. Now I went another route and I checked out one of my favorite online vendors for beautiful wedding invitations. And on this website, for 100 premium foil invitations that come included with free envelopes, free address printing, free shipping, and a free matching website, $260. Okay, so for a very premium product, we're talking about less than $20 more. For the address printing on the envelopes alone, I mean, I don't know about you, but to me, that's worth a lot of money not to have to hand address 100 envelopes. To me, that hands down alone, right there alone, is worth $20 all day, every single day. Right there, I would go with the higher quality cards, the included address printing, and I will link to this website that I'm talking about in the show notes, or you can head to wedpodcast.com slash minted. So Minted Weddings is an incredible invitation designer and a great option. Now, back to the digital download template and where we can get it printed. Can you print them out at home on cardstock in your home printer? It depends. You're going to need to have a really high quality printer, but you're also going to have to buy the cardstock again, have a really nice printer, and you're likely going to spend a lot of money on ink. Printer ink is not cheap. I don't know if you've purchased it recently, but I would guess 75 to $100 at least on ink alone. And that is to say nothing of the time and the hassle that you are going to spend getting this lined up and tested and set up and actually done. So the moral of my very long story about 
invitations and printing them yourself, the moral of this story is the best way to save money on your invitations is to email them. The second best way to get a really high quality invitation for minimal hassle and a very comparable price point is to use a design service such as Minted Weddings. And again, I'll put a link in the show notes. They are a partner of ours. I love Minted, in case you couldn't tell. And then of course, to wrap it all up, If your heart is set on a design that you found on Etsy and going the more DIY route to source the printing services, if that's what you truly want to do, that's perfectly fine too. Although I'm going to be a thousand percent honest and say that it is simply not the best way to save money. And that was at the essence of the question, if you'll remember The question literally opens with, we're trying to save as much money as possible. Sneaky, right? It's not always what it seems like it's going to be. And again, I'm really excited to share with you in just a couple of weeks a full show. And we're going to do what I just did with do-it-yourself wedding invitations. We're going to apply that to a handful of other wedding situations where trying to save money can completely backfire and even wind up costing you more money in the long run. Certainly more of your time and stress in almost every single case. Coming up after a quick break, I have more of your wonderful questions to share, and I will be back in just a minute. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at BetterHelp. Planning an entire wedding in the midst of everything else going on in your life can be a really stressful time. And if you find your happiness is suffering, BetterHelp is here for you. BetterHelp will assess your individual needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. BetterHelp is committed to partnering you with your perfect therapeutic match, so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash wedding. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash wedding. Hey, right now is the perfect time to start planning your destination wedding or your honeymoon. My name is Susan Green and I'm at Susan's Travel Services and I'm available to you with my team for free to help you with all the planning and details of your dream honeymoon or destination wedding. A lot of couples come to us and say they're worried about working with a travel agent is going to be one more expense to pay and that's simply not true. In fact, working with us should save you time, money, and we want to make sure that that trip is the best trip yet. We have over 25 years in the industry and we spend 
specialize in travel around the world. Let us help you find the best deals, all-inclusive resorts, Mexico, Caribbean, exotic cruises, or how about those overwater bungalows in the Maldives and Bora Bora? Don't get overwhelmed with the millions of places and opinions online. Get some free help and rely on professional experience to make sure you get exactly what you're looking for with your dream vacation or destination wedding. And hey, have I mentioned again that we're free? Email us at Susan at Susan's Travel Services and tell us that you heard us on this awesome podcast and we're going to give you $50 off your final payment. What's even better? You tell a friend to contact us and they give us your referral. We'll give you another $50 off your trip. Guess what? If you're doing a destination wedding and you tell someone else, we'll give you $250 off your destination wedding. See, we want to make it easy for you and we want to work with you. We've been in the business a long time. We're really excited about your destination wedding honeymoon and getting to know you as a client. Have an awesome day. Okay, we are back and let's pick up the show with a question about online bridesmaid dress shopping. This is a really, really popular question and heaven bless the internet. We are able to shop online for wedding dresses and bridesmaids dresses when everyone is scattered about in different cities, states, or sometimes even countries. And I have great news. There there are a bunch of online bridesmaid dress shopping sites that make this really, really easy. There are a hundred of them out there, but I am going to share with you one very specific company that I have personal firsthand experience shopping with very, very recently. And I'm going to go ahead and share with you all the details of that because it's been a really positive and really, really easy experience. So the website, and you may have heard of it, is azazi.com. I'll spell it quickly, A-Z-A-Z-I-E.com. We have no affiliate relationship with them. They are not a sponsor of the show. I am literally sharing with you just my personal experience right now. So you also may know that my sister Kate has been planning a wedding for April of 2022, And we are in the thick of choosing bridesmaids dresses. So over the past couple months, we have, let me see, one, two, three, four, five bridesmaids. We are located in California, Maine, and Puerto Rico. So literally on a map in within the United States and territories, you couldn't get much further apart than the five of us are. So going online and doing the online shopping route was automatically just a really attractive option to make this as seamless and as easy as possible. With Azazi, the things that I love are number one, there's a huge color chart. I mean, we're talking dozens of colors. You can order color samples. I believe it was $10 for five color samples which was totally worth it to see in person because as I'm sure you have experienced as well, it doesn't always appear on your computer or on your phone the same way that it looks in person when we're talking about these really nuanced, really custom colors. The next thing I love was that there was a robust, just like a really wide variety of style options that were available. And on most of them, you could click on the dress and click on a different color and it would change colors to show you the actual color on the model, which I think is really helpful just for visualizing what it's going to look like in the long run. And then finally, I loved that we were able to order size 
sample dresses to actually get sent to us and physically try them on to see how they fit. And I'm going off memory here. I don't have the information right in front of me, but I believe it was about $10 per size to have them mail the dress to us and let us try it on. Uh, side note, three of the five of us are in the same city. We're all in San Diego. So the three of us ordered three different sizes same style dress. We picked out the style pretty quickly that everyone agreed on. So we ordered three different sizes in three of the different colors that we were interested in. And then the three of us girls got together and dialed in the main bridesmaid and the Puerto Rico bride-to-be. And we all did a like a Zoom FaceTime so that we could try the dresses on and everyone could see it live in real time. So that's my experience. Again, excellent customer service, got a ton of follow-up emails, knew exactly when things were being shipped. It was very clear what the policy was for shipping back the samples. It's very clear what the order processing time is. Uh, again, my personal experience, this is not a sponsor of the show. I don't always have the opportunity to personally experience a service as you would, um, but in this case with the bridesmaids dresses, because it's my sister getting married, I was hands-on involved with the ordering process. So I am happy to share with you that it was a great experience, azazi.com, if you're looking for an online bridesmaid shopping experience. And they do uh, dresses for mother of the bride and also wedding dresses. So that's an option too. Okay, and to wrap up today's episode, we are going to do a quick segment. It's not long. I don't have a ton to share, but I do want to touch on it because it's on some of our minds. I really hope there's a day when we don't have to talk about COVID and our weddings anymore, but alas, there are still things that are coming up. So a quick update for those of you who have been in contact and who have COVID on your mind and have concerns about your wedding coming up. I've even heard from people who are still considering rescheduling. And again, I wanted to share an idea. I don't know if this is going to put your mind at rest. I certainly hope it does. But we are coming from very different vantage points and experience and different situations. And everyone just feels a different level of concern, anxiety, stress surrounding this. So I don't have any blanket answers that are going to, you know, hit the nail on the head for everyone. But I do have a very practical solution to a common conundrum that's been coming up lately. With regards to COVID testing, COVID vaccines, what you want to require your guests to do, what you want to require your vendors to provide. I recently have gone to four concerts over the last month. It was such an incredible, extreme joy to be back at live music with other fans. And we had such a fun experience. And the gateway to this experience was that every concert goer needed to provide proof of vaccination or proof of a negative COVID test result that was taken 48 hours before the event. Like it or not, that was the requirement. If you wanted to go in and see the band play, 
you had to do one of those two things. And then the concert venue also had on-site testing set up so that if for some reason you missed one of the 12 emails leading up to the show or you didn't see it when you purchased your tickets or you simply got there and didn't think they would actually check, they did have an on-site testing tent where you could go and get a rapid result and then head into the show. So the point of all of this being, if you are in a state of wondering what the best route is going forward in terms of your wedding guests and having everyone getting together inside a reception hall or inside a banquet hall, if that's something that's stressing you out and that's on your mind, I personally think that that is a good solution for you to consider. Is it going to be the right answer for everyone? No, it's not. And I'll just leave it at that. In terms of your vendors, I've had a lot of questions about requiring vendors to provide vaccination status. Timely to this episode coming out, there have been some new federal mandates in terms of private employers that could affect some wedding vendors. Although now that I think about it, most wedding vendors are likely a smaller company than that mandate will apply to. So the vaccination mandate wouldn't apply, for example, to a small photographer who's a husband and wife. As of right now, that could change. I can't even keep up with it all. (laughs) The bottom line is, if you personally feel like you want to only work with vendors who are 100% fully vaccinated and that is your decision, then that's totally fine. I don't know if it's the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do. I'm not here to judge any of that. But if it's important to you, then that's all that matters. And asking your vendors for proof of vaccination, I don't think it's out of line. I don't think it's weird. I don't think every one of them is going to be vaccinated or want to work with someone who is mandating that they are vaccinated. And that's, again, another story. That's irrelevant because if it's important to you, then clearly you shouldn't work with that vendor and you should go find someone else. And I hope I'm not coming off as irritated about the question. It's not the question or the asking of the question that irritates me. It is very honestly, very, 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 very quite candidly just the fact that we are still worried about this and still talking about this. And I just wish with every intention in me that this will pass and we can move forward. And a year from now, I can be doing episodes where we're not talking about COVID. And then related to the COVID update is multiple listeners who are dealing with vendors who have canceled on them. And this is loosely tied to COVID because there's been a wave of small businesses who have gone out of business, especially for those of us in the wedding industry. The past year and a half, coming around to two years now, has been really, really, really challenging. And for a small operation that is not able to operate at their full capacity and is not able to generate revenue and generate income, Unfortunately, it's heartbreaking, but going out of business was literally the only option for hundreds, thousands, millions of small businesses. And even more who haven't necessarily gone fully out of business, but who have pivoted their focus. And we're left with couples who 
have deposits that they put down back a year ago or two years ago even, and their wedding was canceled, rescheduled, needs to be rescheduled again. The vendor has gone out of business and disappeared. They can't get a deposit back. What should we do if the prices have gone up since our original deposit and contract? And then I'm going to finish with a quote. Again, I've had a bunch of these lately. The quote from a couple, we feel like we're being held hostage in an arrangement that we never agreed to. And that's with regards to a price increase on an original service that they had agreed to. Now, if you are stuck in this situation of a vendor who's just disappeared on you or a vendor who has kept a deposit and is being disagreeable about a reschedule or crediting that deposit or giving it back to you. First off, I am so sorry that you need to deal with that. It's exceptionally stressful and not anything that I would wish on anyone. Um, To get into the details of it, the point of a contract is to create a legally binding agreement. And if the agreement isn't satisfied, then your remedy is through the legal system, and most likely some form of civil court. So what do we do if the contract has been broken? Hiring a lawyer to battle through the dilemma could very quickly wind up being a wash or even a loss, especially when you factor in your time and your stress and your anxiety. So for a really simple example, you would have to pay an attorney say $500 to fight to get back the $500 deposit that your cake baker who went out of business and never contacted you again to get that money back. I mean, I I get the principle, I get the morality of it. A thousand percent the cake baker owes you $500. That's fact. But to hire to have to hire an attorney to pay them $500 to get back your $500 and again not to mention the hours and days and weeks and months of mental stress and anxiety i'm not sure that your mental sanity is worth all of that time and effort and i do have a very concrete example for you i found an attorney who charges between 500 and 1000 And that fee is to examine your wedding contract, review all the communications between you and the vendor, and then to draft and send a demand letter, which basically says you're in default of the contract, give my client $1,000 or else we're going to sue you. Now, of course, if you're in a situation where you have a $25,000 deposit that's tied up with a wedding venue who has blatantly disregarded the terms of your contract and they have disappeared and refused to give you back your money. In that case, I would say that spending $1,000 to hire an attorney to help you might be worth it, but just keep that in mind and look at over the long run how many hours of anxiety and stress and whatnot that this is going to cost you in the end as you determine whether or not that's something that's worth pursuing. Your greatest leverage point against a vendor who is still in business but who's just giving you grief over a deposit or a reschedule or whatnot, your greatest leverage point is probably going to be an online review or a series of online reviews. So turn to Yelp, Google, Facebook, 
and share your experience. Be factual and straightforward and share what has happened and share the situation so that others can be in the know before they hire this person. In small business, in wedding businesses, I mean, in business in general, really, reputation is everything. And sharing your negative experience with the entire world over a vendor who is just not on the up and up is a great incentive to get that vendor to do the right thing. I mean, the hope, of course, is that they'll just do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. But if not, reviews could be a good tool. And then another option, try opening a dispute with your credit card company. If the deposit is something that you charged on a major credit card company, there are lots of consumer protections available to you. So check that out, log into your account online, and most banks will have like some kind of help center or FAQ where you can get lots more information on whether or not that would be a good path for you. And then last but not least, if you are in a situation where you have been wronged by a vendor, or you're having trouble with a deposit, do you have wedding insurance would be kind of the last backstop. If you're in the early stages of planning, then wedding insurance is certainly something that's worth looking into. And for a much more detailed conversation on wedding insurance, you can visit a show that's dated July 28th of 2021. Now, of course, again, if you are in a bad situation and you do not have wedding insurance, that's not going to be an option for you. That's more meant for someone in the early stages of planning. I certainly encourage you to research that and see if it would be the right fit for you because it can be a protection against some of these losses and inconveniences that can come up. And with that, I am sorry, I feel like we ended kind of on a downer note there. I try not to do that with my shows. So I'm sorry about that. I It was an important conversation, though, that I did want to have. I guess it can't always be sunshine and roses and unicorns and cake, right? In any case, I hope you have a wonderful day. I hope you found something helpful in today's episode. And if you'd like to get an extra shot of wedding planning podcast in your life, please come join us for weekly bonus chats, a complete and searchable ad-free library of all past episodes, and full access to my extra special all new way to plan your dream wedding celebration. That's all happening inside my digital wedding planning package that you can find at wedpodcast.com. And as always, I look forward to meeting you again here next week, same time, same place. 